This, this is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. I cannot believe that we are already in September. Where has the summer gone? I know we say that every single year, but it is hard to believe. It just seems that days ago we were sitting down with Sommelier Dave for our annual New Year's champagne and sparkling wine tasting maneuver edition of the Cigar Dave Show. Can't believe that was now just about nine months ago. Hard to believe that summer has passed us by, although still warm in many parts of the country. Labor Day weekend. I always had mixed feelings about that. I knew school was about to start. Summer was over. But football, my favorite sport of all sports, commences. And lieutenants, college football has begun. begun. We're just uh, days away from the start of the National Football League season. A ton going on on this Labor Day weekend here on the Cigar Dave Show. Long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute, Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure, America's alpha male front and center. We welcome you, lieutenants. If you uh, want to follow us along 24-7, 365, make sure you follow us at CigarDave.com. Follow me at Twitter, at Cigar Dave Show. At Cigar Dave Show is my Handle, screen name, whatever you want to call it, facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. A ton going on. First of all, beginning of September marks the start of National Bourbon Heritage Month. A celebration of bourbon as America's native spirit. And the bill, the, the, the celebration reinforces the 1964 Act of Congress that declared bourbon America's native spirit by celebrating the family heritage, tradition, deep-rooted legacy that the bourbon industry contributes to the United States. And why is bourbon the quintessential American distilled spirit? Because it uses corn. Corn was, or is, still is, a product that is grown here in the United States. When the settlers came here, when the, when the colonists came, they were not teetotalers. They enjoyed their libations. And they didn't have the same grains in Europe, but one grain they did have in abundance here in the United States or the colonies at the time, North America, the New World, corn. And as we know, in order for bourbon to be called bourbon, it must consist of at least 51% corn. Now, the entire month of September, we will celebrate National Bourbon Heritage Month. Over the next four weeks, we will have master distillers. We'll be sampling different bourbons and different American whiskeys. And we make National Bourbon Heritage Month not only a celebration of bourbon, but of American whiskeys as well. So we will start that next week. We have a ton this day on the Cigar Dave Show. Lee Corso will join us at the bottom of the hour with our college football preview. He's a fellow cigar connoisseur. We always have a great time with Lee. College football kicked off 
on Thursday. And more games today. Just uh, cornucopia of college football and NFL is just around the corner. So we'll speak with Lee at the bottom of the hour. It is also a very big day across the country, lieutenants, because today, Saturday, September 5th, 2015, is International Bacon Day. You probably didn't know that. I did not know that until I came in this morning. And Private Eric said, General, happy International Bacon Day. I had no idea what he's talking about. However, I believe we here at the Cigar Dave Show believe that life should be a celebration. So let's celebrate bacon. And I am just thinking right now, my mouth is salivating at Colonel Ange's special candied Cajun Ragin bacon sticks that he made uh, when I was up in Buffalo for our big crew party at Cigar Mother's Home for uh, the night before the Big Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in Buffalo. He made, uh, he took bacon and then he glazed them, candied them, and then put some cayenne or Cajun seasonings. It was sweet. It was fiery at the same time, and I am salivating. By the way, for those of you up in the Western New York Theater of Operations, it is the Buffalo Wing Festival. There are going to be 30 chicken wing vendors. I believe they have, like, uh, some ridiculous amount of wings, something like like, uh, 10,000 pounds or 20,000 pounds of chicken wings that will be fired up. So for those of you in the Western New York Theater of Operations, the Buffalo Wing Festival, and they have a big uh, buffalo wing eating contest. The United States Chicken Wing Eating Championship will begin 5 p.m. tomorrow. And as a sidecar, they actually have the Buffalo Buffet Bowl with eat- eaters attacking five pounds of pizza, beef on weck, and other buffalo native favorites. Oh, my God. I wish I was there. I would dig in and have a great time. All right, lieutenants, uh, let me do this. Let me. Uh, I want to talk, first of all, about Donald Trump here. Donald Trump known as an alpha male. Why is Donald Trump attracting, I think he's attracting far more positive attention than negative attention. But why is Donald Trump receiving the negative attention when people are saying, oh, he's anti-immigration when he's not, he is anti-illegal immigration. When he says we're going to stand up in the world and we're not going to be a bunch of pansy asses anymore, many of these taxocrats and many of these feminists and libs are saying, well, this is so harsh. We have to have someone that's a little bit more mild-mannered. Why are people going after Donald Trump? Because he is decisive, because he speaks his mind, because he is honest, and he is bold and brash. And I've said this before, I'll tell you why. Because he is an alpha male. There was an article on WorldNet Daily a couple of weeks ago that we will post uh, on our website and social media entitled Donald Trump Warrior Male Extraordinaire by Kent G. Bailey. And he talks about in the field of human paleopsychology that human beings have an ancient and rich evolutionary history, and that ancient history is thoroughly involved in everything we feel, think, and do personally, politically, and morally. And that the human brain is composed of, of a primeval reptilian segment at the lowest level, a mammalian uh, segment at the mid level and a human or neocortal segment at the highest level. And he said that human beings are constantly regressing down or progressing up. And the concept of paleopolitics is a derivative of human paleopsychology. And that humans are at base political animals who obey more the laws of the jungle than the pieties of high culture or the moral righteousness 
of the godly. And politics is selfish, it's egotistical, it's tribalistic, it's xenophobic to its core, and will readily go to war to win at any cost. And over the past 60 years or so, Mr. Bailey goes on to say that America has become progressively feminized. And the archetypical warrior male has virtually disappeared. We can't, I can't disagree with that. If you take a look at our generals today, they're not like the generals of World War II, MacArthur, General Patton. They're very different. I believe they far more wussified. Now, we have many great generals. Don't get me wrong. Many great leaders in the military. But they just don't have the same set of ads that General Patton did. And in this article, Mr. Bailey goes on to say, and it could be Dr. Bailey, I don't know, it just says Kent G. Bailey, says that we've seen how poorly our girly man-in-chief, Barack Obama, has dealt with the world of violent supermales that basically when you look at Putin, when you look at uh, Kim Jong-un, and all these clowns, Obama is a wussified beta. And it says, from the dawn of time, mutual respect among warrior males is the coin of the realm in these matters. And he is exactly right. And he goes on to say that real men have been lost, that the strong warrior male leadership that has been around since the dawn of time is lost here in the United States. Very key paragraph, second last paragraph, Donald Trump is the prototypical, archetypical, and testosterone-driven alpha male who rules by the sheer force of his personality, imposing physique, quick wit, mastery of repartee, and almost hypnotic control over his gathering masses of adoring, adoring followers. He is Attila to the Huns, Henry V to the outnumbered English army, Winston Churchill to desperate allied forces, and now our fearless leader against the pagan forces of progressivism and political correctness. He is the unapologetic, quintessential warrior male of capable of vanquishing any and all opposition in his way. Does that sound like someone else you know, lieutenants? <clears throat> Yours truly, this five-star. Very, very similar. Because look at my personality, my physique, my quick wit, my mastery of repartee, and I should say my mastery of superior debate skills over the enemy. And I don't back down. And I'm politically incorrect. You can see the similarities. And at the end, he says, Trump is not a clown, a bloviating buffoon, an intimidating bully, or just a really rich guy hoping to buy America a shiny new toy. He's ambitious to a fault, relentless in his desire to control, own, and build, and he has success written into the DNA of every cell of his body. And you know what? If I'm going up against Vladimir Putin or Kim Jong-un or any of these other clowns, Chinese negotiators or Mexican government leaders, I want a guy in there like me with a set of big nads that's going to sit him down and said, we are the United States of America. We're damn proud of it. We're not going to put our head between our tails, and we're not going to be a bunch of wussy-ass, feminized beta males. That is not going to happen. Donald Trump, warrior male extraordinaire, and that goes for this five-star as well. Litation is next. The 2015 Alpha Pleasure Fest at The Rock is Saturday, November 21st at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Tampa. The Alpha Male Good Life Maneuvers are presented by Davidoff and distilled by Jack Daniels. Your VIP tickets to the Alpha Pleasure Fest include Davidoff Cigars, Jack Daniels Libations, a scrumptious buffet fit for an Alpha Male, a special gift from Cigar Dave, and so much more. Tickets are on sale now at CigarDave.com. 
conversation with Rocky Patel about the vintages. The vintages. I sought out to find some of the oldest, rarest wrappers in the world. The 1990, 92, and 99 vintages are very special. You got three different wrappers on three great cigars. The 90 is a 12-year-old broadleaf wrapper. The 92 is a 10-year-old Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. And the 1999 is a gorgeous, golden, 7-year-old Connecticut wrapper. Three beautiful, mild to medium-bodied cigars. Tons of flavor, yet elegant and well-balanced. Great fermentation on tobacco. You're going to love it. The beauty about the vintages is that they draw great, they burn perfectly, and you can smoke them down to the last inch. You can't go wrong with any vintage. Every cigar, from the beginner to the aficionado, great masterpieces for your humidor. I hope you love it. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you nobody works harder to make a better cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes store or the Google Play store, Search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime, any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm-hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the Silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of 6 to 7 distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the diamond crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, it is National Bourbon Heritage Month, and we'll get into it big time next week because we've got Lee Corso that'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour with our special college football preview. And in the next hour, we'll be joined by Jonathan Drew and Willie Herrera of Drew Estate Cigars in an encore hour that we're presenting of our exclusive live televised broadcast that took place last July from the 2015 International Premium Cigar Retailers Convention. Now, speaking of Drew Estate, speaking of Jonathan, speaking of Kentucky, when you think about bourbon, Kentucky. So the perfect cigar, the only cigar that I will enjoy today, 
is from Drew Estate from their Muat series. It is their Kentucky Fire Cured. This cigar was in development for over two and a half years. And it was inspired during a trip to the Dominican Republic when Jonathan Drew was visiting the Universal Leaf Tobacco facility. And they were looking uh, for some Liga Provada tobaccos. They were smoking Liga Provada T-52s at the time. And they found a pion of Kentucky fire-cured tobaccos. So Jonathan took the wrapper off the Liga Provada T-52. He placed a thick Kentucky fire-cured leaf in its place. And voila, the Kentucky fire-cured muat was born. Comes in three different sizes. The Just a Friend, which is a Toro. The Fat Molly, which is a 5x56. What I would consider a Super Robusto. And the Chunky, 4x46. Comes in the Muat Craft Paper Bundle. American-style graphics adorn these packs. Very, very nice cigars. And it takes a lot of fermentation because the, it is such a thick tobacco. But it is beautiful. It has got a very unique, smoky, charred taste. Outstanding. Made down in Nicaragua. Uses that beautiful Kentucky fire-cured wrapper. Uh, it is fabulous. It is a great cigar in terms of pairing it with bourbon. And that's what I will enjoy today. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine, ready for action. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. All right, I've got from the Cigar Dave uh, R&D Laboratories, I've got this special Uniflame. Actually, it looks like, oh, it looks like a gun. I can't say that word because we know that the the enemies of pleasure or the enemies of toy guns would come after us. But it actually looks like a gun, but it doesn't look like an imposing gun. Just the way the handle is, big flame. That's what I would use today on my Drew Estate Muat Kentucky Fire Cured. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut by the general as always. I'll take another portion of that off. I will gently toast the foot of this Kentucky Fire Cured Muat from Drew Estate. It is a beauty. Oh, listen to that. Listen. Mm. Oh, wow. Mm. A lot of char, a lot of smoke. Very, very unique flavor. Mmm. Great draw. Mm. Great way to start National Bourbon Heritage Run. Mm. Gentle blow on the foot of the cigar reveals a perfect amber glow. I will now move on to something to accompany my Kentucky Fire Cured Muat. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, it is National Bourbon Heritage Month. You didn't think I'm going to have scotch or I'm going to have vodka or I'm going to have gin, did you? I'm going to have some good old Kentucky bourbon. And I am opening a 375-milliliter bottle of Woodford Reserve that everyone received last year that attended our Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest at The Rock in 2014. Woodford Reserve Distillers Select. This is batch number 83, bottle number 5037. Chris Morris, the master distiller, signs this. I will gently pour it into my special whiskey snifter. Tell you a little bit about this magnificent spirit. It is a premium small batch Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey made from a mixture of pot still spirits 
distilled at the company's Woodford Reserve Distillery in Woodford County, Kentucky, and column still spirits from the Brown Foreman Distillery in Shively, Kentucky. 90.4 proof, 45.2% alcohol by volume. It is a delightful spirit, definitely on the premium side. Very different than a Jack, very different than other bourbons, but very, very rich and smooth, I will say. Cheers. Take a sip. Mm. Oh, wow. Take a puff of my Muat. Kentucky Fire Curd. Mm. Another sip. Wow. Nice warmth going on the way down. A little bit of spice. And I should mention that at our Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest at The Rock... On Saturday, November 21st, in the Cigar City of Tampa, let me tell you what some of the fine Kentucky bourbons and American whiskeys that we'll be enjoying. We will be enjoying the Woodford Reserve that I'm enjoying now, some of the new Old Forster 1870 and 1897 spirits, a lot of flavor on those two, some Jack Daniels, some Gentleman's Jack, and the Jack Daniels Barrel Proof. You are going to get one, two, three, four, five, six different American whiskeys and bourbons to sample. It's going to be a great time. It is presented by Davidoff. It is distilled by Woodford Reserve and Jack Daniels Saturday, November 21st at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, the Cigar City of Tampa. Tickets available at CigarDave.com. Get them now. Lieutenants, when we come back, we'll be joined by the great Lee Corso of ESPN, one of the great guys in the world of sports, fellow cigar connoisseur. We always have a great time. And in the second hour, we'll be joined by Jonathan Drew, Willie Herrera of Drew Estate Cigars as we enjoy Labor Day weekend here on the Cigar Dave Show. Puff, sip, grill, and enjoy. Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is the Alec Bradley New Brand Sampler. It includes the brand new Alec Bradley Sanctum. The Costa Rican binder has a great body, while the Colombian tobaccos add to the aroma. Combine with tobaccos from Honduras and Nicaragua for a four-country blend. This is complex as it is unique. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. In the fertile fields of the Connecticut River Valley, there is still one cigar brand who grows their own Connecticut shade wrappers. Monte Cristo. Prized for its unique silky texture, this exquisite tobacco has now been used to craft a cigar worthy of its name, the Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut. Building on the legacy of the beloved Monte Cristo White series, this excellent medium to full-bodied cigar is rich, flavorful, and complex. Crafted with only the finest vintage 2008 wrapper leaves, the Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut Cigar has subtle notes of spices, vanilla, and hazelnuts. Packaged in a gorgeous handcrafted box, these exceptional cigars are available now at your local tobacconist. Pick up a Monte Cristo White Vintage today and experience the spirit of the valley. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. 
Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. If you'd like to join the alpha male conversational maneuvers, call me during the live show, Saturdays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-DAVE-007. That's Saturdays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-328-3007. Not only is the aroma of my cigar outstanding, but so too is the smell of college football. It is around the corner. Football is finally here. It seems like forever since we have been able to watch college football or pro football. And it is our tradition here on the Cigar Dave Show to do our annual college football preview with the great Lee Corso extraordinary analyst of ESPN and fellow cigar connoisseur. Lee, great to have you on once again. Cigar Dave is my pleasure. Lee, my you pleasure. You won't believe this, Lee. I think this is about the twelfth year in a row that we have had you, are you on. Are you kidding me? Time flies, Lee. Time really flies, boy. It, Doesn't it really it, fly? It sure does. And Lee, before we get into talking about the coaching changes and the new college football playoff and and looking at the top twenty five and some predictions, I want to go back to your college football career. You were a a, a player out at, at Florida, a standout at Florida State. And and so give us your background, Lee, how you got from uh, from originally, I think you're from Orlando, correct? Yes, I, I uh, what happened, I, I went to Florida State, you know, and then, uh, and then went from Florida State and got a master's degree, and I was a coach of the freshman team. And one thing about the freshman team, I was a coach against South Georgia Junior College. And that, why is that important? I was a coach against Bobby Bowden. Wow. Bobby Bowden was the head coach of South Georgia Junior College, and I was the head coach of a freshman team, and we beat him 20-7. Holy <laughs> mackerel. Is that, is that much years ago? Then I went to the Maryland. I was an assistant at the Naval Academy, and then I became head coach at Louisville from then on. Well, Lee, I got to tell you, the, talk about the Naval Academy. What a picturesque setting. I, You know I'm a Syracuse fan, and for many yeah. years they would play the Naval Academy, and when I lived in Baltimore after college, I remember going down to Annapolis, and the pageantry and the pomp and circumstance and watching the game, they're really special, and Annapolis is extremely picturesque. It was a beautiful place to take in a game. It's no question about that. And I always tell people before they die, if they're a college football game, college football fan, they've got the Golden Army-Navy game. There's nothing like it. At 10 o'clock, you watch the brigade march in, and then the midshipmen march in, then the goat march in, and then the mule, and then the game. And it's a, it's a classic game between two great football teams, but great people. And I think before anybody dies that's a college football fan, they must go to an Army-Navy game. Yeah, I love watching it. I mean, it could mean nothing of significance yeah, in the standings right. or anything, but it's just, you're right, that is the, the epitome. That's the Super Bowl of, <laughs> of, of, of military uh, games, and there's no question. It is, it is incredible to watch. Lee, what did you enjoy most about coaching? What did you enjoy least about coaching? Well, the most enjoyable was the relationship with the players. You know, you get to be a, a person, you help them develop, and they're, they're usually 18 or 20 years old, and they listen to you, and you help them develop into young people. That's my, and I did not like a single thing about football, Coach. So you loved I, everything? 
everything, everything about college coaching I loved. But the most important thing I loved was the relationship with my players. I still have a relationship with those guys, even though it's been 60 years ago. I still meet them. You know, it's interesting talking about the relationship between players and the collegiate atmosphere. When I was a student at Syracuse University from 1982 to 1986, Dick McPherson, Coach Mack, was just starting to turn that program around. And what was amazing was every day we would see Coach Mack. There was a place called the Varsity uh, that we used to hang out uh, on campus that had pizza and wings. We'd see Coach Mack there interacting yeah. with the students on a regular basis. And, you know, he, he, he turned the program around then he went to the New England Patriots for a couple of years and moved back to Syracuse. But I always said Coach Mack should have stayed there because he was perfect. The And there's something, just like Bobby Bowden to me, was not an NFL coach because he was just, just personified college football. And I think there's something very special. And I think Jim Harbaugh is going to be the same. I, I see Jim Harbaugh staying in college football for a long time. Well, these, I think Jim Harbaugh is Urban Meyer's worst nightmare. They could not have hired anybody in Michigan worse Van Meyer than Jim Arbonne. He's a he, he's a modern day beau, and he's a Michigan man, hundred percent. He's going to be he's going to do a terrific job at the Michigan. And he played for Bo Schembechler, so yes, he was a quarterback from Michigan, and he, he's a great guy. His family's from Ann Arbor. And he, He's a he's a terrific Michigan man, and I understand that even on a recruiting trip, just like a, a, a Bo Schembechler, that Jim Harbaugh refused to get gas and fuel his car in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know that story, but it sounds good. Anyhow. <laughs> it does sound good. All right, so I, I want to get to talking about the, uh, the the coaches and some of the other changes momentarily. But tell us about how you latched on with ESPN. Take us back to when it all began, because at the time, ESPN wasn't the powerhouse network that it is today. Well, I was a coach of the Orlando Renegades of the United States Football League, and uh, I was a pro coach for a couple of years, and, and most of our games, because of the, the, they were in Orlando, ESPN covered. I did a lot of interviews with them, and then I went up after the league folded, I went up and did an audition for them. And they gave me a job, and that's been almost 29 years wow. ago that I've been with ESPN now. 29 years. Nine years. That's before Man, really I, cable was huge. Yeah, I'm, getting, <laughs> I'm getting old, Dave. I'm getting old. But you still got the wit and the vigor, Lee, which is what, what counts. Am. Lee, tell us about that audition. What took place at that audition? What did they have you do? Well, it was two guys in addition, one I won't name, and uh, and he and I went out for a beer after, and I said, how did you do? He said, I told him I wanted, I demanded that I only work one, two, three months, and then I wanted X amount of salary. I said, well, he said, how would you do? I said, I don't know if you'll get a job, but I, I know one thing, I'm going to get it because I told him I'd do anything. Anything. <laughs> Just let me have that job, and I'll do anything for him. I got the job. And you have, and the rest is history. And, Lee, do you remember your first assignment for ESPN? Well, one of my first assignments was uh, I was home, sitting home at night, and uh, I got a call from the guy, and he says, uh, ESPN wants you to do a game. I said, great. He said, I said, when? He said, tomorrow. I said, okay. I said, where? He said, Tokyo. Oh, I said, oh, oh man. He said, yeah, Tokyo. Japan tomorrow. I said, okay. I guess I got on a plane. I flew to Tokyo, did the, did the game, and got on the same plane back 
It was the same day. Oh, man, that's Going unbelievable. On, that was one of my best stories about ESPN in our first job. That, that, I'm sure, right, you're saying Tokyo, like what, Tokyo, Alabama, <laughs> Tokyo, Tokyo, Georgia? No, Tokyo, Japan. Yeah, Japan. Okay, I'll go. And, and you, you probably didn't have a lot of time to prep. And the prep was no. different back then because you didn't have the Internet. You didn't have all the sources no. today. It really was, was more rudimentary back then. I, I tell you, I had plenty of time. It was about a 24-hour flight <laughs> trip. <laughs> well, I had plenty of time to prepare for the game. Well, oh, I, I hear the geishas over in Tokyo are good this time <laughs> of year. So, <laughs> Oh, man, oh, man, that was something. Oh, and then how did it progressed, and you eventually uh, landed on the college football game day yep. uh, yep. set. And for many years, you would go up to Bristol uh, because the mm-hmm. the college football game day show originated out of a studio. When did they move it out of the studio onto the campuses? And I think it was ninety three. It was Florida State versus Notre Dame. It was one versus two at Notre Dame, and they decided to take the game on the road and one just one game that show made ESPN the game day what it was it took it it was electricity and the, and the whole game was exciting and the telecast was that that's one game we won next year we went for two and now we go 18 straight weekends on the road and so that's that, that was a difference no no stu, no studio show was ever put on the road except college game day at that time and that's not an easy feat to do and you have certainly have the great personnel to do it but lee just when you were a college football coach you enjoyed the interaction with the students and and the players you get that same interaction when you're out on the campus it's 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 like your coach all over i tell it's like an actor you shoot a movie you usually do in a warehouse some kind of thing but every actor must and wants to go back to broadway where you do it before a live audience, you feed off of them. It's tremendously the rush you get. And that's what I get when you get to uh, game day Lee, on a, on a studio, in Lee, the studio. Lee Corso, ESPN College Football Game Day Analyst, our special guest. Our college football preview will continue front and center here on the Cigar Dave Show. Cigar Dave's exclusive telecast with the folks from Davidoff, North America from the 2015 IPCPR at CigarDave.com. They discuss the brand new Davidoff Escorio, the Abo Synchro Nicaragua, the Camacho American Barrel Aged, and more. Watch these exclusive telecasts anytime on CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. 
The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. In this difficult and challenging time when the government is trying to outlaw premium cigars and take away the art form of enjoying a beautiful cigar, we decided to introduce our brand called Prohibition. This cigar is going to be the bootlegger's dream. A gorgeous cigar made in Esteli, Nicaragua, triple cap, using a broadleaf wrapper, and a Mexican wrapper from the San Andreas Valley. It's got Nicaraguan tobaccos from the Nicaraguan valleys of Esteli and Jalapa. It's rich, it's complex, it's got some spice, some white pepper, and a ton of sweetness. Full of flavor, this cigar is one that you're gonna wanna enjoy and you're gonna bootleg, and that's why it's called Prohibition. Enjoy it, I promise you're gonna love it. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. No need to listen to all the betas at work. Download the Cigar Dave mobile app and listen to the Alpha Male Good Life 24-7 anywhere you go. Our college football preview continues with the great Lee Corso of ESPN. Not only is he a college football analyst extraordinaire, a fellow cigar connoisseur, and a hell of a great guy to boot, and Lee... Every year you have a ritual. When you get ready to prepare for a season, you hunker down in your special <laughs> cabin. So it's very yeah. secretive. I know where it is, but I'm not allowed to tell. But why don't you tell us about what, how well, that goes down? Well, I go to a place called Pine Island near Tampa, Florida. And my friend's got a big cabin there. And I, I spend four days of nothing but football uh, study. I, I study football. I, I read and I have relaxation and I, I just enjoy it so much because to me, it's the start of football season when I do that. Lee, does uh, ESPN have researchers that provide you with information oh, yeah. or do you do uh, information? Do you go online as well and you know read all the, no. the prognostications? No, I don't. I don't go online. In fact, I'm in the 19th century when it comes to the <laughs> internet. But we have researchers. Chris Felica is our main resource resource man, and they send us loads of stuff. And I study it and and read all about it and, and try to get evaluations of the team. And most of the stuff I know myself because I've lived it. 
Lee, I don't know if you've heard about this or not, but there is something called color television now that has been revolutionizing <laughs> television and broadcasting. So I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but college, but but color TV is now available coast to coast. <laughs> I, I heard it. I heard that as a rumor. Anyhow. <laughs> so Lee, you, you do the the research and tell us about your weekly yep. routine. How does that go? Because well, not only are you a college football analyst for ESPN, you are also a full time with Dixon Ticonderoga, the home of the number two yep. pencil. Number two pencil. I've been with them for 17 years, and I enjoy that very much being in the business world. On um, Monday, I, I make a bunch of calls to def- different coaches and, and different ADs and get all the information. On Tuesday, they send me a, a broad uh, broad show, show, a rundown of the show. And on Wednesday, I write the show completely and get it ready for, for the week. But I do the same thing every Every week I work out. I uh, I do a lot of uh, physical activity so I can stay in shape, and uh, that's what I do every week. is is exactly the same. Well, let's take a look at some college football coaching changes that occurred. Certainly, probably the biggest one, without any question, has got to be Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, he's a great football. As I said before, he's a Michigan man, and and he's a modern day bow. And I think he'll become the worst nightmare for Urban Meyer. I, th- I think Michigan will be back. And I tell you the true test when Michigan is back. When game day goes to college, that goes to uh, Ohio State-Michigan game. We haven't been back since Bo's been dead. And that's a long time. That's, that's a sign the game is really back when game day goes to game uh goes to that game. Oh, and I think that's going to be coming back relatively soon. Now, here in the uh, Sunshine State where we reside, Lee, at the University of Florida, Will Muschamp out, Jim McElwain in. He's a good football coach. He's had a good background at Colorado State, and I think he knows what he's doing. He he starts off with a team that's very good defensively. They have a quarterback situation when they haven't decided who to the starter will be, but he'll get it done. He'll recruit very, very well, and he'll win at, at Florida. Uh, here's one that surprised me. Mike Riley going to Nebraska. I just don't see yeah, it. I, well, Nebraska is one of the great jobs in America. they got fine. they got the greatest uh, fans you can get in Nebraska. And he went from Oregon State where he was about fifth or sixth until a, a chance to be a great football team in Nebraska. He will do a wonderful job in Nebraska. Now, that brings us into the college football rankings. Ohio State, number one yes. in the uh, AP poll, as well as the USA Today poll. And that brings up an interesting question, talking about coaches. Because do you believe that it's the that it, you have to have the name of the school, the size of the school, as well as the coach, or can it just be the coach coming in? Because, for example, when when we look at some of these uh, these coaches that uh, that go to, let's say, a big school like an Ohio State or a Michigan, they're they're able to get on the map relatively quickly. But if they were at a smaller school, that probably wouldn't happen. And we tend to see the same perennial powerhouses. So, in the case of Ohio State, where you've got uh, uh, a coach that was at Florida, but he, before that he was at Utah. Is it the coach that makes the school, or is it the school that makes the coach? The players. <laughs> players, the players, that's true. The players make the coach. That is no question. You know, I don't care what school you're in, it's the players that make the coach. And a coach would, like Urban Meyer, 
He had experience at Bowling Green, at Utah, and Florida. You knew he was going to win Ohio State. It's only a matter of time that he'd win the national championship and will win another one sooner or later. But without question, where's basketball you can build if you're a smaller school? With football, the deck is really stacked against you unless you're really in that, you know, one of those top four or five conferences and you really have the resources, the money to not only build great facilities but have the boosters that allow you to continue to enhance the program. Yeah, but it also means total number of players. In basketball, you get one player and he can turn the whole season around. You need 10, 15 good players, and that, that's the numbers, and that's the difference between football and basketball. Well, let's take a look at the top uh, 10. The top. Uh, let's look at just scan the, the top uh, both poaches, uh, coaches' polls. Actually, okay. the USA Today coaches' poll and the AP. Consensus at number one, Ohio State. Consensus at number two, TCU, which surprised me. Consensus at number three, Alabama. Consensus at number four, Baylor. And at number, well, five, there's there's a little bit of a difference between Oregon and Michigan State. But Ohio State, TCU, Alabama, and Baylor. Those two Texas schools have really risen the last number of years and become powerhouse programs. They have, and I don't, you can mark one of them off because they play each other. So it's either Baylor or TCU. I think it's Baylor because they, they got 18 starters back. They got one of the best fronts of all the football. I think Baylor is better than TCU, but I mean, time will tell. Ohio State is head and shoulders. There's only one great football team in America. It's Ohio State. There's a bunch of good ones, but there's only one great one. And therefore, I think because of that, this final, this second playoff will be a total chaos. Nobody knows. Everybody's got a chance to get it this year. Well, let's talk about that playoff system. Because for the first year, we're going into a football playoff. A little bit different than the previous years. And basically, you're going to have the top four teams that will be playing. I want to make sure I have this uh, correct here, Lee. I believe in the Cotton Bowl and in the Orange Bowl, correct? Yes, yes, the top four. Then Then the champion plays out in Phoenix. Right, so that's going to be the national championship game, the semifinal winner versus the semifinal winner on Monday, January 11th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So the question is this, Lee, uh, is there still going to be the human element, or is it all computer rankings when it comes to the end of the years and previous years? How's that going to work? Who knows? There's a member, there's a there's a top-notch committee set up to win, figure out who. Now, I don't know how they're going to do it, but computers are winning relative scores or something. But I think the committee will have a tough time doing the same job they did last year. Last year, they were perfect on set, on chart. They picked the best four teams. But this year, there's so many good teams, but only one great team. I think they're going to have a hard time picking a winner this year. So who are your top four to be in the semifi- the national semifinals? I got Ohio State playing Oregon. And Ohio State plays Oregon, and Ohio State wins that game. I got Baylor playing LSU, a sleeper. LSU against Baylor, and I think LSU will beat Baylor. Then I got Ohio State versus LSU, and I got LSU upsetting Ohio State because I, the LSU is the SEC is sick and tired of hearing about the Buckeyes, the Buckeyes, and Buckeyes. I got LSU winning the national championship in Phoenix. 
Lee, I'm surprised my Syracuse Orange men aren't in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> I got them 45th. <laughs> 45th. Uh, yeah, that's an improvement from where they've been the last number of years. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what Coach kidding. Schaefer has to do uh, this year. Well, Lee, oh. you know, it's always a tradition that there's a couple of schools, because of their unique nicknames, that I have to root for. First of all, okay. the Rhode Island School of Design, NADS. You know what their cheer is? We say it every year, go NADS. And go then, and go then... Nads. Go Nads, the North Carolina School of the Arts, the Fighting Pickles. Pickles. I mean, like, oh, is it a dill? Dill? Is it like a half sour? What? Can, what kind of a school has a nickname, the Fighting it, Pickles? Plus, I'd hate, I'd hate to go there and have to put a pickle on my head. <laughs> that's right. If you went there, that's right. You always put the mascot on there. Well, oh, Lee, fine. I know we will talk to you throughout the year. And by the way, I know you love cigars. Rocky yes, Patel, please. a box of Rocky, a couple of boxes of Rocky Patel, okay. vintage 99 Connecticut's are coming your way because I know you smoke one when you are on every, the road before every, every game. Friday night, I have one. And I, I appreciate, Dave. Thank you very, very much. Outstanding. The great Lee Corso lieutenants. Much more coming your way. Hour number two. We will present an encore presentation of our live exclusive televised broadcast from the 2015 Cigar Retailers Convention in New Orleans. We'll be joined by Jonathan Drew and uh, and Willie Herrera of Drew Estate Cigar Lieutenants as we continue front and center. College football is here. NFL's around the corner. As Lee would say, life is good. This is CCRN. The Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida. U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave we have a special encore presentation this hour, lieutenants, of our exclusive live televised broadcast from the 2015 International Premium Cigar Retailers Convention that took place mid-July with our special guests from Drew Estate, Jonathan Drew and Master Blender Willie Herrera. Jonathan, one of the great industry personalities, tremendous passion for cigars, for Drew Estate, from what makes Drew Estate different from all the other cigar manufacturers. They have had an incredible success story. 20 years they have been making cigars. They are now one of the largest cigar manufacturers in the world. This hour, it is our special encore presentation. Jonathan Drew, the founder of Drew Estate Cigar, and master blender Willie Herrera, we know you'll enjoy. Long-ash greetings and salutations. A long-ash snappy salute, semper delictatio. Always pleasure. America's alpha male front and center from Command Center Alpha, Broadcast Plaza 1A at the Morial Convention Center. We've got a great hour planned for you with uh, Jonathan Drew from Drew Estate Cigars. We also have Willie Herrera, their master blender. And it is my pleasure to welcome them right now. Buckle your seatbelts, lieutenants. It's going to be a fast hour. First of all, let's say hello to JD, also known as, wait, Snacky, Jay Dizzle, hold on, Volley Verga. 
Correct. Did I get it all right? Yeah, the Volley Verga is most important, General. Good to see you, Thanks my friend. Thanks for having us, brother. Thanks and of so course, much. we've got Willie Herrera, who I've known for a long time. Reach yes. across, say hello. Yes. Willie, uh, many years at El Titan de Bronze with Sandy Cobus, uh, who's just a lovely lady. Great cigars. And you got recruited to work for Snacky. He kidnapped me. He kidnapped you. Yeah, that's right. We kidnapped him. It's been a big deal for us to have Willie come on as our master blender. Willie joined the company not as a fresh uh, cigar maker or as a brand owner or as a brand uh, marketing guy, but uh, the reason that Willie was such an exceptional fit with Drew Estate was his background as a cigar manufacturer for Sandy, Titan de Bronze, for eight years, really making cigars, purchasing the tobacco, fermenting the tobacco, and the culmination of the purchasing, the fermentation, and then finally the blending, not just the blender, but the real deal, a cigar manufacturer, finding that correct person to bring on to Drew Estate as a master blender was a very difficult. Convincingly, Willie just got everybody's approval very quickly, came on board, and now it, it's been, uh, what, feels like? Just made four years. Four years already? Already. I think it was just, uh, seems like months ago, I was visiting you down at El Titan de Bronze. Yeah, and, and you know, it really, talking about working at El Titan de Bronze, you had to do it all, Willie. You had to secure the tobacco. You had to make sure the tobacco was aged. You had to make sure the cigar quality was great. You did the blends. You can't go to school for that. That's really, you got the on-the-job experience, and I'm sure that uh, JD, that's one of the things that, that attracted you to Willie JD. Willie has his own style. You know, at Drew Estate, we have never followed in the path of the great Cuban cigar makers. This company, from minute one, we've always said, this is not fifth-generation cigar manufacturing. So we've never built our company, our rebirth of cigars, which is our mantra, it's our ethos, it's everything to us. It has all been, from minute one, innovation. It's all been, from minute one, creativity, whether it's Subculture Studios, Cigar Safari, all the wild collaboratory products we do, and, and whether it be Shady or whether it be with, you know, all of the different artists, 40 full-time graffiti artists. We've never taken an approach of, the, this is the next thing after Cuba, or this is the follow-up to the Cuban cigar. That's never been our approach at True Estate, nor will it ever be, I hope. With Willie, it was very interesting because as other companies started to move towards a little bit more exotic tobaccos, as other companies started to move into these other food groups of what I call the basic food groups of tobacco, dark air cured tobacco, dark fire cured tobacco, Virginia's, Borley's, Oriental's, stuff we've been using for 15 years. As other companies are starting to eye these things and move a little bit more in that direction of experimental tobacco, we double back and we bring in the first Cuban executive into the company, Willie Herrera, and you know, Willie's like this, the dude see him and since the minute we brought him, back, brought him into the company, we were all watching very carefully. How is this Cuban cigar roller, I mean, this Cuban man from Little Havana in, in Miami, that influence into Drew Estate, it was pivotal, it was at the right time, and it was unexpected. And you know, people love his blends, you know, so we knew he'd fit in good. And the, I'll tell you, the, the, the most impressive thing for me, I, I, He's heard me say it a few times, so I'm gonna say it to you, General, right now. Watching Willie in Nicaragua, watching the man work, not just myself, growers who come down, suppliers who sell us tobacco, they come down and see how Willie works. The, the rollers start working on the production floor at 7 a.m. in the morning. You know what time Willie's up working with them? 7 a.m. His seat, right in the middle of where all the other cigar rollers are. No special nothing. He came into that factory and he started working at Drew Estate for a year, almost a year and a half, living in Nicaragua, only going home on the weekends to see his kids and his wife. 
that is what I really respect because Drew Estate, before it was fashionable to be a, you know, a Nick, have a Nicaraguan blend, I'm not going to go into all the big trust brand products and all the boutique products and the stuff have moved to Nicaragua, have highlighted Nicaragua, but Drew Estate is Nicaragua 100% to the core. It's a, a core competency of ours. Rebirth in cigars, a core competency of ours, Nicaragua. So it's not just a, a puro Nicaraguan cigar, but it's a puro Nicaraguan process of thinking. And what I love what Willie did was, he got into that nitty gritty and he came into Nicaragua, positioned himself right in the middle of the cigar rolling floor, no special treatment, and he did that for a year, year and a half. And he garnered the respect, not just of the Mike Salucci's, the president of the company, not just the guys at the top level of the company, he went right down to the to everybody, whether it was the women who cleaned the floor, his respect for every single person in the factory. And that year and a half allowed Willie, watch, as an example, his first brand with Drew Estate was the Herrera Esteli. Very Cuban-esque cigar. Willie's a traditional man, a traditional cigar manufacturer. What was his first blend? Right down the middle, Cuban-esque. You smoke that Herrera Esteli, if you haven't smoked it and you like that Cuban experience, that's that product. But here we are a couple years later, and last year we released the Norteño. Look at the Norteño, the difference between the Norteño and the Herrera Esteli. The Herrera Esteli, banging straight Cuban-esque tobacco. The puros, what do you call it, a puros, a tobacco, a cigar, it's all the same word to me. His puros, first one, Cuban right down the middle. Second evolution from there, he moves to the Norteño. That Norteño is a Mexican San Andreas wrapper. It's a Honduran binder. It's a Nicaraguan filler, but will he expand on the Norteño? It's, it's not that, for me, it's not that classic Cuban taste like the Herrera Esteli provides. No, it's a little bit outside, outside of that zone. It's a little bit more, it's a bolder, more Nicaraguan style, bolder, rich, earthy, you know, chocolatey, just very rich smoke. It's not as subtle, as smooth, and, and, and just mild. Uh, with, with subtle notes. This is a little bit more in your face. It's, it's, it's got a little bit more of a punch to it. So four flavor blood. Absolutely. I'll tell you, while you talk about the little bit of the background, your start, I'm gonna light up. This is a special Norteño 2015 edition Limitada. So Willie, tell me about this. Then we're gonna go in, Jonathan, and talking about uh, the history, the start, how it all began. Well, last year I did the uh, Lancero. That was the uh, Edición Limitada uh, for last year under the Herrera Esteli line. Uh, this year I chose the Norteño line, which is my second uh, line that I did for Drew Estate. And so I, I wanted to go with a different size that's not within the, within the line. So I went with the Churchill 7x48 traditional size, um, same blend, same tobaccos, just uh, make something a little bit different. And, and I love, the, it's almost an oval press. I call it a soft press. Soft press? Mm -hmm. Very, very nice looking cigar. And give me the wrapper, filler, and binder one more time. It's a Mexican San Andres wrapper. Which Hon I love. Honduran. The Torrents make great stuff. Absolutely, Honduran binder and all Nicaraguan fillers. Mm. Let me just great draw. But before we leave the Norteño line, what he's done now with the product you're smoking, that's the, what we call the Edición Limitada. And what, do you know why we create all these specialty sizes in the Herrera lines? It's because the kid is so creative, we gotta give him something, like he gets pissed off. He's got his, his Herrera Esteli line, he's got his Norteño line, but he's always blending and going crazy in the factory. He's got seven to 10 people who are working on blends for him and helping him tweak stuff and back and forth. We have to have an outlet for this guy, for Herrera, to continue all that creativity because the dude is passionate. 
So a lot of these lines, it's not like we need to release this product. It wasn't even really a commemorative product. Right. It's basically us letting this tobacco mad scientist stay loose and enjoy himself. Well, and it's not a corporate atmosphere in that you want the creativity. You like the creativity. You never want to say no. If, if, and the one thing you told me about is if one of your rollers comes up with an, a blend or an idea, you don't shoot them down. It's not a corporate environment. You, you run with it. So, as you said, when people come up with things, it may not be in your plan, but you come out with it. Yeah. The 2015 Alpha Pleasure Fest at The Rock is Saturday, November 21st at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Tampa. The Alpha Male Good Life Maneuvers are presented by Davidoff and distilled by Jack Daniels. Your VIP tickets to the Alpha Pleasure Fest include Davidoff Cigars, Jack Daniels Libations, a scrumptious buffet fit for an Alpha Male, a special gift from Cigar Dave, and so much more. Tickets are on sale now at CigarDave.com. The story that made the cigar. The cigar that made history. 80 years ago, Monte Cristo began a legacy of crafting only the finest cigars. Now, that legacy is honored by the very special extremely limited edition Monte Cristo 80th Anniversary Cigar. Crafted for the first time, Dominican Pelotico Tobacco. Grown from seeds hand-carried from Cuba by Pepe Mendez. This exclusive cigar is like no other, rolled in a dark and oily Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. Monte Cristo 80th Anniversary Cigar. Features a rich, fuller-bodied, and wonderfully complex smoke. Packaged in an elegant handmade box, these exceptional cigars are available now at your local tobacconist. Honor the legacy with the Monte Cristo 80th Anniversary. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Wow, the new Super Lee Hero from Rocky Patel. That's right. This seed took years of development. This is a new varietal from Costa Rica. Years of planning, years of research, and working with the Placencia family, we have a seed called the Super Ligero. That's the magic in this new cigar. This cigar has a unique wrapper from St. Augustine from the mountains of Honduras. That's right, Nemish, and that's why this cigar is so special, because it has a character that is very, very different than all of the cigars. In fact, whether you're a novice, amateur, professional, full-body smoker, you're gonna love this cigar. 
because this character with the Super Ligero and the St. Augustine wrapper just delivers a lot of unique flavors that everyone's going to enjoy. Look for it in your local retailers coming this October. We continue front and center with our special encore presentation of the exclusive live televised broadcast that we presented to you back in mid-July from the 2015 International Premium Cigar Retailers Convention featuring Jonathan Drew and Willie Herrera of Drew Estate Cigars. We learn in this segment how Jonathan Drew began 20 years ago. Very interesting story. Now let's talk about your start because very unique start way back in New York uh, and very different path as you were saying. And by the way, if you do fill in for me, you have to dress like this. And when I go on vacation, I will dress like that. You have some old suits probably that you don't like no more because right now I'm a little on a budget. So you hooked me up with some of those suits. Yeah, I know what your budget is. You know so what I'm, I'm going to cry for you. Right, cry for me Argentina. That's right. But let's talk about the start. Way back, New York. Yeah, way back in the cut, we were just, you know, uh, we started off with nothing, you know, with the core. We started off as good people with good hearts, with some ideas and stuff, but the beautiful thing about Drew Estate starting from the, from the core was that everything we did was organic. Everything that we did was really, it was, it was passion to survive, passion to grow, passion to, to just, we weren't there looking to prove ourselves. We had attitude naturally from minute one because we New Yorkers. Being from New York, you just got that in you. Secondly, our passion for cigars was crazy. When we opened at the World Trade Center in Manhattan, was right after the 1993 World Trade Center bombing. As the World Trade Center was getting put back together again, they reopened the, the area and they had some of these things called kiosks. You know what a kiosk mm, is? Sure. It's like a push cart. Right, you see them in the malls. Yeah, yeah. So I was in law school at the time and I, I opened- you were, Wait, you were in law school? I graduated law school, man. You're a barrister? Absolutely not. I would never have passed the bar exam. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. Can you see, I, wait, wait, I could just see Jonathan walk, JD, walking into court looking like this. Yes, Your Honor, we're going to get some <laughs> Take a <laughs> Yeah, but you, you know what? I'll tell I, you, you know, I never knew that. I just learned something new. That I'm going to teach you something a, else you didn't know. A barrister. I graduated seventh in the class. That I believe. From the bottom. <laughs> That's the truth. 2.068. Only Willie could get a lower well, grade, but we're creative. Well, wait, you're graduated. We're creative. You're graduated. We graduated. We was like this. Mayor Dinkins was speaking. We, as soon as we got the thing, we were out the door eating pizza like 10 minutes later because I owed a lot of money. We had, to, we had to get to work. So we went through the law school. I used the law school money to fund the company. When we sold the company, the company paid my law school loans back. Did you ever practice? I told you. I never took the bar exam. I oh, worked. never took the bar? Okay. No. What are you, crazy? You think they're going to let me practice law? Would you let? Would you, would you want me to be your attorney? Absolutely yes, because you have great passion, and you want an attorney that is passionate about the client. Well, that's the trouble, you know, is that I had no passion towards law at all. But I'll tell you what, I did have a passion. My passion was all about rebirth of cigars, because when we started the company, it was so hard. You know, sometimes people say, JD, what's the reason of your success of the company, or not you, the company, Drew Estate? And you would say, well, you surprise them sometimes by by my response. Sometimes, you know, I say, look. The success of the company was based on a culmination of things. One of those things was this philosophy, our ethos. Our ethos and rebirth of cigars. People see it so many times that, you know, maybe it starts to get blinded because it's there all the time in front of you. 
But remember something, when, when, I got, when I started in the business, you start, I think your first trade show was 87, 89? No, no, 1995 is when we started the show. July My first 95. was 96, Cincinnati, okay? Cincinnati, that's exactly It was right. a very traditional atmosphere. Right. Everything was about, you know, my man is Cuban here, but everything was about the Cuban cigar, the Cuban right. cigar roller, the Cuban family in cigars. It was a very, and beautiful to this day, I mean, it's a romantic, I'm a fan, some of the best manufacturers who've ever lived, Cuban guys from, from who obviously spread out after Castro into Nicaragua, Honduras, Dominican, Mexico, Brazil, even in the Canary Islands where they would roll cigars in their homes and bring the batches at night and get paid for their work. It was a dynamic atmosphere once the, the Big Bang happened after Cuba. But we knew when we were coming in, it was not a social movement in smoking cigars. It was, I'm gonna smoke my cigar, I wanna be left alone, I'm gonna light up my cigar at the, in my armchair and no one's gonna bother me, it's my alone time. But Drew Estate had this attitude of, come on, let's go, we're gonna do it together. It's a social experience, smoking together at the cigar shop, smoking together as a group, Facebook groups, this whole look at new media and how Drew Estate has been behind new media. Who has been more behind new media? I mean, you had a strong push from Yuba, strong push from Pete, and Drew Estate. Drew Estate pushed new media and cigar media very much forward. It was something we always felt because it believed in because of that social experience. So starting off from the beginning, our mentality about the whole process, and then of course, then there's the pain. There's the struggle. There's the right. keeping the phones on, keeping the lights on. And I moved to Nicaragua in 1998. The fellas kept things running on the US side. And I started in Nicaragua in a very small little house. We started off with five workers and myself. And that was the very, very base of where things started on the Nicaraguan side. Drew Nicaragua started at that point. We started very humbly and we got very lucky. A lot of guys reached out and helped us, whether it was Old Man Padron or Kiki Berger, Oliva, Gustavo Cura from Oliva, Fritz Bossert at the time, ASP. For some reason, everybody was like, this dude's a madman. There's something definitely wrong, a loose or screw loose. But you know what? They were entertained. And they might, I got the nickname in Nicaragua, El Gringo Loco. Now other people I see using it on bands and blah, 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 it's all nice and cute. That was the fact. And you see at that time, every house had bullet holes in it. Every street was war torn. It was just through a revolution. Think of the US revolution. We lost more military of our guys in our own civil war. Same thing in Nicaragua. This was a bloody, awful, terrible revolution. I don't want to get into the politics of it, but I'll tell you this. Everything was torn apart in the whole country. By the time I moved down to Nicaragua, every single house still had blue. And when I say every house, there was every house. There was three restaurants in Esteli. It was a mess. Things were very different. It took you a year, year and a half to get a landline. We got cell phones seven years ago. You know, we had no cell phones for my first eight years there. In that struggle, right, sometimes your greatest, your greatest victories, your greatest triumphs are reached through the greatest adversity. The things that are holding you down, the things that are crippling you, the things that are the worst, those are the things that make you stronger as a man, make you stronger as a leader of your business and of the industry. And that's where Drew Estate, it was, we were always under um, estimated and we always had so much against us. I always felt, and I always say the, to the fellas, salute you, all the guys, we have to work twice as hard. You gotta get up earlier, you gotta work later. We have to, our products have to be twice as good and I don't mean that our cigars are better than other people's. They have to be explosive. Our products, Drew Estate products are explosive. As we create brand segments, that segmentation has to be truly segmented original, classic, something you can, you can see as a movement forward for five to 10 or more years. 
It wasn't just about, oh, we need a Connecticut Shade Cigar, we need a Mild Cigar Maduro. There's, there was no philosophy like that. It was all about a movement. This was a straight blanket. We weren't filling the pipe, man. We were breaking the pipe. Well, September selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is the Alec Bradley New Brand Sampler. It includes the new Tempest Nicaragua, which is handmade with a choice Jalapa wrapper with Lajero and Viso long fillers from Esteli, Condega, and Jalapa. The rich and earthy profile is sure to satisfy fans of everything Nicaragua. It's easy to join the Officers Club to have these cigars shipped directly to you. Just log on to CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. If you'd like to join the alpha male conversational maneuvers, call me during the live show, Saturdays 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-DAVE-007. That's Saturdays 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-328-3007. Two big things happened in 1995, lieutenants. First, the Cigar Dave show began on July 8th, 1995 in the Cigar City of Tampa, and Drew Estate Cigars was formed. And in this segment, from the international premium cigar retailers that we present to you, an encore presentation of a live televised broadcast from last July, we talk about Drew Estate Cigars, how they became an overnight success. It just took them 20 years to get there. And it, 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 I, the expression I like to say is, you're an overnight success. It just took 20 years of overnights. Yeah. It, it never happens easy. People look at it now and see the size. You've got a huge booth. There's a lot of action. But it doesn't happen overnight. A lot of struggle, a lot of sacrifice that people forget. And one of the people you mentioned, Don Kiki Berger, that I, I want to mention. He was a, a real gentleman. Always loved seeing him in Miami. Passed away uh, last year uh, unexpectedly, but loved by everybody in the cigar industry. And he was really a gem of a guy, and we all miss him. Yeah, Don Kiki, uh, uh, Cuban crafters. You know, the interesting thing about, the beautiful thing about this industry that you love, that Willie loves, myself, all our guys, 
You know, as much as there's a lot of competition within the cigar industry, there's a lot of love and there's a lot of, there, there's, there's the games that go on and some politics and stuff like that, but you know, a lot of the guys really, just like a true estate, right? Kiki did for me and for us what we do for so many manufacturers and so many of the guys right. who you'll see out there. I mean, I ain't gonna get into any names right now, but what we've done, what we try and do is we see these boutique manufacturers in Nicaragua. We always out there trying to help. A kid, Skip Martin, does a nice job. He needed broadleaf wrapper. I went to the Olivas. I said, listen, I'll personally vouch for 10 grand for, for broadleaf wrapper for this kid. This is four years, five, three, four years ago because he needed the broadleaf wrapper. No one was selling him the wrapper. And then he had no, I don't know, he had no money or not, but I, we put it up. We've done that many, many times throughout the industry, throughout the years. We let people come stay at our facility, you know, www.cigarsafari.com. Cigar Safari, you guys know what that is. It's we do our 20 trips a year, 16 consumers per trip. It sells out in 10 minutes. This year already sold out for 2016. But what's the point? We have this incredible facility in Nicaragua. It's the second biggest factory on earth of premium cigars. And think about this Bad News Bears rag team crew that we got, right? We are, we're a little rough, but it's a diamond. And we know that allowing that, that beautiful organization that we have to even seep outside of Drew Estate and always help the new guys coming in. Let me tell you something. First of all, a lot of these guys wouldn't be able to do what, they, what they've done if people didn't help them because we know if people didn't help Drew, we would never have achieved where we are today. So we try and pass that along. It's an altruistic, it's, it's something that you get from your parents. It's something your parents, it don't matter what business you're in from, it's something you either learn from your parents or you learn from your, your, the hard nights through your life. So we are always trying to be good for the industry and we're always trying to expand the industry, expand the reach of the industry, expand the scope. Think about it, you and I spoke the other day about brand segmentation, right? Think about Acid Cigars. Acid Cigars is the first brand that really came into the industry that pop, broke the system and said, look, infused cigars, not flavored, we don't use the F word, it's dirty. Infused cigars, what we do, a, not looking at cigars, premium cigars and flavored cigars. Uh-uh, we're erasing that. We're gonna say premium, traditional, premium, infused. That's it, that's your choice. Premium, traditional, premium, infused. That right there was a defining moment in the history of cigars. Just like Camacho Corojo, defining moment. One's a tobacco, one's a, uh, a philosophy. That philosophy of premium, traditional, premium, infused began with acid. That's a brand segmentation. A couple years later, we dropped the Kahlua. We're the licensee from the Kahlua brand, Allied de Mech and we move into the coffee-infused segment with Java Tobacco Special. Again, boom, second segmentation. Again, you talk about a super premium, premium cigar, open up the system, create a new channel. Now you have, of course, traditional cigars. You got premium-infused cigars. Now you got the coffee-infused segment. Later on with T52. Liga Provada number nine, that's a hot cigar. I think you got Scar Ficinato's two, two years in a row, the hottest brand in the world, whatever it is. Great, but there's nothing unique about the cigar from a brand segmentation. You might love the cigar for its taste profile. T52 Liga Pravada, that created a segment that was broadleaf, and even more importantly, it was, it, excuse me, the T52 was stalk cut, stalk cured tobacco. And that really, at that point, there was no retailers and people walking around, this tobacco is primed and this tobacco is stalk cut. What we do with that Liga uh, to T52, we cut the stalk at the bottom, flip it upside down, and we're allowing the nutrients that are still within that vein to come down into the tobacco. That, my friend, was the third. And now we just dropped last year the Kentucky Fire Cured Tobacco. Kentucky Fire Cured Cigars, again, creating this fourth and final for us at this point brand segment, which is this use of the fire curing. Because everybody today, look at the barbecues, look at bourbon, look at bacon, look at smoke. It's all 
ready? It's all about the smoke. That's what it comes down to. Smoking things, whether you smoke, you love scotch. Drink a peaty scotch, a smoked scotch. What is it? They take in peat, not peat moss, peat, the heavy peat, and they burn it. They do that, they hit the, they hit the, the, um, the barley, right? Bringing that barley up with the smoke gives it that peaty taste. Same thing with tobacco, with the Kentucky Fire Cured. That's the name of the brand, Kentucky Fire Cured. What we do with that tobacco, we hang that Kentucky seed tobacco, grown in Kentucky, hang it in the barns in Kentucky, blast it with the smoke, seven days on, one day off, seven days on, lift that smoke, knock the crap out of it with that smoke, and smoke it up like you're smoking a steak in your backyard. Go into your backyard, grill a steak, and smoke a steak. Taste the difference. One ain't better than the other. But I'll tell you what, Kentucky Fire Cured Cigars, people say, you either hate them, or you love them. But you know what? You either love them or you're gonna love them. That's the truth because how do you deny smoke? When you smoke a steak, when you smoke a scotch, when you smoke anything, smoke a ham hock, what don't matter what you do. That smoky goodness, smoky goodness in that league of, in, in that Kentucky Fire Church. So, you know, our, our philosophy, it's not anything about like a lineage that starts here and ends there. We are in the beginning at True Estate. This is the beginning of what we're doing. So what we need is to continually think, not about creating new stuff. We released Liga Privada. We didn't come out with a brand for four years, Dave, after Liga Privada. That's unheard of in this industry. We waited four years to come out with Undercrown, and you talked about it before. You said, hey, wait a second. You guys, it was pretty cool that you guys made a cigar that was made on the factory floor. That message, I love what we've done now with the new one, with the shade. Yeah, and we'll get to that. We'll, we will talk about that. Take a breath, relax. Yeah. We've got a little libation that we're gonna, we're gonna enjoy in just a few moments. We're gonna give you a little time to catch your breath. And by the way, the Kentucky Fire Cured Cigar, the Muat, was our Officers Club selection earlier this year. People loved it, off the charts. Once again, we're rejoined by Jay Dizzle. Oh. Snacky. Oh. Vale Verga. Oh. Jonathan Drew of Drew Estate. We've got Willie Herrera, Master Blender. <laughs> and uh, JD gave you a little bit of a break. <laughs> And you said, General, I need, I need a little bit of a libation. And you said you came prepared. So let's do it. I came something special for you, my friend. You know why? You're not only the general, but you're an honorary Drew diplomat. So for that, we're going to pour you some of the Pappy oh, Van Winkle. Oh, 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 We brought the Pappy Van Winkle 20 year. You, that is rare stuff, folks. It is, it is real rare. And uh, I'm going to pour you a little bit of this and, stuff and, here. And then we'll talk about that Pappy Van Winkle family reserve that you did Look at that. And a generous pour at that. A generous, look Dude. at that. A that would cost you about 350 <laughs> bucks at, at a, uh, a, a local restaurant near you. This is absolutely magnificent. Let's do a little toast here to great, yeah, yeah, great yeah. friends, great cigars, good health. Yes. This Thank is you gonna so be much, good. Dave. Ah. Ah. How is that, man? Oh, that is magnificent. Smooth, little maple, just very complex. I'm gonna take another sip. Go ahead, talk. <laughs> you host the rest of the show while Cheers. I drink. Well, I'll tell you what, Dave. Um, we spoke for a Beautiful. moment there about the Pappy Van Winkle. So yep. uh, Perfect lead-in. Yes, it is perfect lead-in. We brought the box right here. We got the Pappy Van Winkle. Just to give a heads up about this product, it's, it's not a giant brand for Drew Estate, but it's a giant crowning achievement. The Pappy Van Winkle Barrel Fermented Cigars is something we released. We signed a deal with the family, the Pappy Van Winkle family uh, in Kentucky, 
and Julian Van Winkle himself approved the blend. We moved forward. Uh, I had to apologize to everybody who we, who we wound up selling the cigars to because they were uh, three months later than the three months late, which was six months. And um, it was worth the wait. And the people who purchased on the first round, they made history. And when I wrote the little document to all the people who were waited so long for their cigars, you know, it hit me when I wrote it, Dave. I said, if you have purchased the Pappy Van Winkle this first round, I said, congratulations, because you just made history. Imagine if you had one of the first bottles from the first actual right. distillation of Pappy Van Winkle. Correct. Imagine you had one of those bottles. And that's the passion we feel about this product right here. This Pappy Van Winkle scar, and, and you guys can do a little photo shoot oh, after. Let's, let's hold, oh, yeah, hold that hit up. it, man. That hold box that up, is JD. for you, brother. Of course it is. Yeah, so, so is the bottle. You bet, yeah. <laughs> so basically for us, this product is a, is a crowning achievement. As you know, Dave, we don't make a lot of brands for people. No, you don't. We make the Java for Rocky Patel, which we've been doing for 10 years. We're not out there hustling, trying to sell brands to people. We're very, 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 very select with what we do. But when the Van Winkles came to us and they said, listen, we want to work with you on this product, we could not say no. So the Pappy Van Winkle product, it sold out for the year. We made 6,000 Robustos, 6,300 Toros. It was off the chain. And you want to know the difference between this product from anything else in the world that's ever been made before. What, why, what kind of cigar are you going to make that can pair with Pappy Van Winkle? Not just from the product that's in your mouth and what you're tasting, but from that emotional moment of drinking Pappy. That feeling when you drink Pappy, that's something, even if you got Big Jack, you ain't gonna drink Pappy every day. It's no, a special, special it's a special, a special drink. So to, to pair that, we wanted to do something that just broke the chain. So what we did was, we took that fire cured tobacco, Kentucky seed, Kentucky grown, we hung it, fire cured it, shipped it to St. James Parish right here, where we barrel fermented it. We took 500 pounds of tobacco, and with a car jack, we stuffed it in a 53 gallon barrel. We let that sit for one year with only three rotations. That tobacco was then blended in Nicaragua with the full team, and we wound up with this <coughs> product. So that's one of the highlight achievements for this year. For, for, it's a milestone for our company. And then what I consider to be a milestone is what this guy and the team have done. Undercrown Shade. Willie, great job. And that is a Connecticut cigar with a lot of edge. There's a lot of flavor to that cigar. That's not a mild-flavored cigar which is unusual for a Connecticut Shade Wrap cigar. So tell us about the Undercrown Shade, the development of that cigar. Well, the Undercrown Shade is very special to me. That is the first cigar that I blend for Drew Estate for a national release. It's the first cigar that I blend for them that doesn't fall under the Herrera brand or umbrella. So I, I, I was very nervous, you know, for a number of reasons. Um, I, I've never worked a lot with Connecticut Shade Wrapper. I've always been a big fan of Habano, Mexican San Andres, uh, Broadleaf, Brazilian Matafina, not much with uh, Ecuadorian Connecticut. So it was, it was a challenge for me, and it was a challenge for, for myself to, to bring out a product that was going to be nation, uh, released nationwide for Drew Estate. Um, so it took, it took me a while. It's, it's, I've told a number of people in the booth, it's the hardest cigar I've ever blended. Really? It, it, took me, it took me a long time, Why a was lot that? of blends. Well, because I've never really worked with that wrapper. And in order for me to get the, the, the notes, the tones, the flavors, the, the body out of that wrapper, uh, blended with that wrapper, it was a challenge. It was a challenge. 
Um, we came up over a hundred different blends, and uh, I was really happy with with the end result. Passed it around, even before uh, we finalized the blend. I was very happy with a particular code. We give codes to all of the different blends that I make in Nicaragua. And I picked that one. I handed it out to a bunch of people that I know that smoke and have a good palate. And they all seemed to enjoy it. They all liked it. And then at that time, I presented it to the team. We all smoked it. It got approved. Well, it's, my initial impressions is that uh, had a lot of flavor, very balanced, but had a lot of sizzle on that cigar in yeah. terms of spiciness, in terms of some zestiness. That's, right. that's the best word, little zesty pepper almost. So it was not what I thought. I thought it was going to be a very creamy, mild cigar. So it's somebody that wants a medium cigar with a lot of zest, a lot of flavor, a lot of spiciness. Watch Cigar Dave's exclusive live telecast with Jonathan Drew and Drew Estate Cigars from the 2015 IPCPR at CigarDave.com. The General and JD discuss the new Undercrown Shade, the Nico Rustica, the Norteña Edition Limitada Churchill, and more. Watch these exclusive telecasts anytime on CigarDave.com. Romeo and Juliet, a story of two passions combining to create a love that lasted through the ages. Today, the renowned Grupo de Maestros join famed cigar makers' aging room to craft a new story, The Romeo, by Romeo y Julieta Aging Room Cigar, immaculately constructed by aging room artisans under the guidance of the famed Grupo de Maestros. This Dominican Puro exemplifies the best qualities of two storied brands. Elegant and aromatic, Romeo by Romeo y Julieta's Aging Room is a rich, savory, medium to full-bodied cigar. A true work of love. Available now at your local tobacconist, pick up a Romeo by Romeo y Julieta Aging Room today and experience the love that occurs when two passions combine. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next. How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Now, who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yeah, it costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair, genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now.
Continuing our discussion with Jonathan Drew of Drew Estate Cigars from the 2015 International Premium Cigar Retailers Convention presenting this special encore presentation of our live televised broadcast from last July. A very big change took place within the past year at Drew Estate Cigars as the company was sold to Swisher International. And in this segment, we talk with Jonathan Drew about Drew Estate being sold and Jonathan's changing role in the company. Now, JD, you really now have the luxury in that you can just concentrate on the creative process because uh, late 2014, you announced the sale of Drew Estate Cigars to Swisher International. Peter Galoni, one of the finest gentlemen in the world of cigars, uh, the CEO of Swisher. He's an incredible guy, very affable person. I've gotten to know him very well. and and. He was making through Alex Goldman, Royal Gold Cigars, one of their subsidiaries. You were making the Nirvana, a nice Cameroon wrapped cigar. And here we are about a year later after that, they ended up buying the company and giving you the freedom to do what you love best and that's being creative. Yeah, they, they didn't just give the freedom to me. I mean, we, we had a structure at the company. Mike Salucci was already a president of our company. He's been there almost from the beginning. And uh, not just one of the best salesmen in the industry, and I know them all, but one of the most gentlemanly, knowledgeable guys. Everybody likes him, he's a man's man, and, and he, he really put together a great team prior to the sale, and it just flowed right from there, from the sale. His team is just superb, and I'm a part of that. I'm a part of Mike's team, and we really, our creative side, we have, uh, we, have a, we have an exceptional group, including Willie, myself, people in Nicaragua. We have a new VP of the company, Jamie Estrada, Sam Morales, who works with us. Well, right, I'm Sam, go, sure. Sam's doing a great job. And, and that brings us to the, there is no change at Drew Estate because of Swisher. Drew Estate is constantly changing. It's been changing ever since the first minute we started because we're not prescribed to any system that anybody else has. We, we, it's the Christopher Columbus rule, man. We chart our destiny, and that destiny continues to change. It continues to improve. We continue to make mistakes. We continue to take risk. But at the end of the day, what we do, we, we make magic, man. So that magic, Swisher was very smart. First of all, this is a business, this is a company that's been around 105, give or take years. It's a family-owned business. They're smart people, they're good businessmen, and Peter's exceptional. And, and, and Peter, I remember when he, he, they announced the sale, I spoke to him, and he said, General, I'm just going to let them do what they do. They've been this successful. And he's a smart executive to realize that, because how many times have we seen mergers or acquisitions where they buy the company because it's incredibly successful, and then they immediately change everyone and try to change the culture? And Peter said, we're not going to do that. We want to be a partner in that if they need anything, if they need capital, they need tobacco, they need our guidance, expertise, uh, we're there for them. And I know that uh, Peter and Mike uh, Salucci, your CEO, work very closely. Yep. And that's a great partnership where, and I saw Peter in the booth and he was very nondescript. He was just kind of uh, chit-chatting, talking to some customers, and that is an incredible luxury. So clearly, it was a great marriage all the way around. You have a lot of uh, varied flavors, uh, not flavors, various taste profiles in the in the Drew Estate portfolio, but there's really nothing, acid's mild, but nothing really more than that real super mild, creamy starter cigar. Any any chances that that's something you'd look at down the road? Uh, we're looking at everything, okay? But, but it, again, remember what we talked about earlier. We don't come out with products to satisfy 
open areas in the market. We don't sit down once a year and say, now we're going to discuss what we got to do is from our heart. Drew Estate works from the heart. If, we're, if we, we might be on a kick working in the Connecticut River Valley, making Liga 9, making Habano, maybe Willie's got some kind of secret thing going on right now in the, in the Connecticut River Valley. We're working on heavy leaf tobacco. We want medium, medium plus and up. Right now that's where our head is at. Now with the acid line, you know, that's a very mild product, mild to medium. It's a product that a person who's, who, when you're smoking an acid, you know what our number one email is? It's the only cigar my wife lets me smoke in the house. Number two, it's the first cigar I started on. We, acid is a product that's mild and it allows people to come in, smoke it, adult of smoking age, and not get knocked off their feet, not get pushed back. A guy who doesn't want to get overwhelmed with the meaty, gritty, heavy bomb stuff that Willie loves. Some of these guys just want a really nice, floral, mild, beautiful smoke that just transcends time. You're smoking an acid, and it's one of these cigars where everybody around you, it's that contagious effect. It's unbelievable. So we're not looking to fill any market opening right now. There's other companies who are making great, mild cigars. You know, the Reserva Real is a great, mild cigar. Rocky's got a great, mild sure. cigar. So there's other people who make products like that. We got to do stuff where our heart is at. I want Willie to just continue with what he's doing which is just getting berserk in Nicaragua and just, you know, make it. And so he's working on his Brazils and his Mexicos and his heavy leaf stuff. And if that's where the future takes us, as long as it's from our heart, we're going to rebirth cigars every single day. That's what we're doing. I'm going to let you take a rest. You yeah. need a rest after the energy I feel you just good. expended over the last 45 minutes. You know. Jonathan Drew, one of the more charismatic and interesting personalities in the world of cigars. You can certainly tell the passion he has for Drew Estate and for the cigar industry in general. Lieutenants, we hope you enjoyed this special Encore presentation of our live televised broadcast that took place last July from the 2015 International Premium Cigar Retailers Convention. Don't forget, tickets for the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest at The Rock in the Cigar City of Tampa, Saturday, November 21st, available at CigarDave.com. That will be a great time. Cigar Dave, the general saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby extra, extra long. Semper Delicatio always pleasure. Have a safe and enjoyable Labor Day weekend.